When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How are things going out west? Things are going pretty good. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I kind of feel like a guy who's in mid-transition. You know, I, I've been hosting the local show here in Vancouver for a few years, about three years, and I had my last show of the local show, you know, just a few weeks ago. And so since then, I've been full on in, in planning and development of the new national. And uh, we've been working on some stories for uh, that we want to roll out for when the show actually launches. Next week, I'll be flying to PEI and uh, doing some shooting out in uh, on Vancouver Island as well. So, uh, you know, kind of busy. And then, of course, making time for uh, for people such as yourself to do uh, to do a few interviews here and there. So, yeah, keeping busy, but but feeling good. As being one of the new hosts, has, has it hit you yet that you're going to be hosting the national? Yeah, and and I think it it probably took a few weeks um, <laughs> after the, uh, the the big reveal of, of who the four hosts of the national would be uh, for it to really sink in for me because that you have to remember that whole reveal. So that, I guess we're, we're going back a couple months now, but that was uh, it all came together really really quickly. Like the, you know the four hosts, we only found out who the other hosts were. You know, found out about each other a few days before the announcement. So, you know, a lot of us were, were completely in the dark about the whole thing. And then all of a sudden it's, hey, uh, you're the four. We want you to, to host this, this program. You know, it's, it's, it's been uh, quite the ride. I, I think it's definitely sunk in now, but it'll really be real come November 6th, right? Once we launch and, and once we, uh, you know, we're finally able to do our jobs and that is, you know, deliver the news on a daily basis. So we can't wait. And, you know, I, I think it'll be more real then, but for sure it's, it's sunk in at this point. Absolutely. You grew up in Ottawa, Ontario and attended Carleton University. I, I want to, I don't want to kind of assume it, but if I was making a guess, I would say that you went to Carleton for journalism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did the the four year undergrad program at Carleton. But funny enough, it, it wasn't journalism that I had always set out to do. Um, you know, even kind of in the lead up to to university, because when I was younger, you know, I had all sorts of like like a lot of people, I had all sorts of interests. You know, ranging from uh, music to to literature, philosophy, and at the last minute. You know, I'd kind of made three choices in terms of universities that I had applied to. So I applied at uh, the University of Toronto for biotechnology because I, I loved math and I loved science as well. I did all the back then in Ontario, we had 13 grades. And so I did, you know, the highest level of calculus and algebra geometry and probability math and chemistry and physics and biology. And uh, so I applied biotech at U of T, applied at University of Ottawa for biochemistry and uh, Carleton University for journalism. <laughs> Those were the three picks. And it was just kind of completely out of left field that, uh, you know, as the deadline loomed, the, the realization struck me that I didn't really want to spend the rest of my life in a lab. Um, you know, science just, it wasn't fun anymore. And so I decided, you know what, uh, I've always had a passion for writing. I've always had a passion for storytelling. 
So uh, let's give that a whirl. One year turned to two, turned to three, turned to four, and lo and behold, journalism ended up working out. I agree with you because, I mean, a lot of people, when they're first starting off coming out of high school, they got to try to pick a path, and sometimes it's it's hard to pick a path when you have so many interests. Now, the only knock I'm going to give you, me, you, and Rosemary have something in common. We're all Carlton alumni, but if you had to go to, okay. uni- if you had to, go to University of Ottawa, I would have I ripped you a little bit. <laughs> that that would have been trouble. We would have been off on the wrong foot right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I've done an interview with Lisa Laflamme, and she said um, she went to University of Ottawa, and I said to her, I said, no, this interview's done. It's like, I'm Carlton, you're University of Ottawa, I can't go any yeah, further. Yeah, that, that's harsh, man. Are, 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 those, are those rivalries still alive and strong, or is, yeah. that, uh, is that like a back-in-the-day thing? No, you know, honestly, the way that I look at it now from being an <laughs> alumni is while you're there, it's a healthy relationship of, you know, getting that in your system of Carlton versus University of Ottawa, but then by the time you're in your fourth year, you're kind of like, well, there's no other university that I can do my master's in, so... Uh, remember all that hate I had at the GGS? Yeah, I'm going to be part of one of you guys now. So let's put that in the past. Well, I, I got to say, I didn't have that same kind of sense of rivalry, and and especially in retrospect, you know, funny enough, now that I think about it, my wife was a student at Ottawa U. Not that we knew each other back then, but you know, I kind of feel like now we're the marriage of two great schools, and that's uh, you know, that's a good thing. Let's put it this way, just as a joke. I don't want to. I don't want to interview your wife. She's University of Ottawa. That's how it's going. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Where did you get your first start in broadcast and media? It was at CBC, but in Montreal. So, you know, while I was studying at Carleton University, you have all sorts of opportunities to pursue, you know, different internships and apprenticeships at different media outlets. So I had done some print ones. I remember working in Kingston uh, for a little while uh, for the daily paper there, the Wake Standard. But it was in, I think it was in third year that I signed up for a one-week internship at uh, CBC Montreal. Okay. And during that week, you know, you do all kinds of things. You, you kind of shadow people in, in radio and, and in TV. And a one-week internship turned into a three-week internship. They, they had asked me back to, because uh, I guess, you know, I, I was working hard and I was really enjoying it and was really interested in it. So they asked me back. I did three weeks. Three weeks eventually turned into a summer job. And uh, the summer job turned into, you know, kind of consistent, steady, casual work. And then that turned into eventually, you know, a full-time position and then got into all sorts of stuff, you know, from there, uh, video journalism. So I did my own shooting and editing for a good while and then eventually into to anchoring. So it was, it was kind of a, a wild ride from start to finish, but it all started back in, I, I guess it was... 2004. That's that's when I would have started. Yeah, that, that I was going to say because when you just said that it turned, it was a one week turned into three weeks. I was thinking like no one else could get coffee. Is that what you're trying to say? But no, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the demand for coffee was over there, right? <laughs> yeah, no, and of course I, I joke around with it because I know you know obviously you've gone on and done great things. You you've got your name in Montreal that way. Uh, you've also you know you fill in at the national from time to time when uh, the yep. other hosts are away, and you. Set up shop pretty much as at one point you were even doing the the current as a uh, filling in on the current uh, for CBC yep, Radio. Yep. So tell me about your journey because you know you started in Montreal, but now you're situated in Vancouver. So tell me how you basically went from Montreal to Vancouver. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Montreal was such a great city to start working in because, you know, a lot of there are two kind of paths you can take. One is as a young journalist trying to start in a major market like a Toronto or a Montreal or a Vancouver. And it's tough, right, to, to be able to do that. And, and so a lot of people will try to seek out opportunities elsewhere in, you know, smaller towns, more rural parts or less populated cities across the country or even across the world. But Montreal was this really great city because... It was a major city, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the most populous cities in the country. But at the same time, it is, and especially back then, it is and continues to be predominantly francophone. So the English media is very small by comparison. And so it was like reporting in a big city, but you had all of the opportunities that you might get in a small town. So it ended up being a, a sort of a perfect incubator for me. And, and the fact that I spoke French was a huge asset. Uh, it, it's difficult to be able to pull off that kind of a job when you don't speak French because so many of the, the politicians, police officers, firefighters, people in all walks of life, they, uh, many of them are unilingual francophone, or at least they were back, uh, back when I was getting my start. So Montreal was a really great city for that. And, and I spent 10 years there. If you had asked me when I started, how long I'd spend there, I probably would have told you I'd be here for three years and then maybe move on from there. But uh, gosh, what a great city. In terms of the transition to Vancouver, it just sort of snuck up on me. I mean, I, I got a call one day from uh, one of the head of honchos here in Vancouver saying, hey, look, we, you know, we've been following your work. We've been, you know, trying on and off to, to get you over here, you know, and this was was news to me. You know, they, they'd been interested in, in having me over to uh, to do the job of, of the local anchor here for the Suppertime newscast in Vancouver. And I guess finally they said, you know what, we're ready to pull the trigger. Let's. We want to bring you out. We want to start having conversations with you. We want you to meet the team and we want to redesign the show. You know, we want it to be different than every other local newscast there is in the country. And so that, I think, um, you know, on top of a number of other things, made it this really exciting opportunity for me. It was a chance to move across the country. I had a, funny enough, I had a two-month-old at the time when we were, um, when we were moving out here. So, you know, it, it was a time in my life where a lot of change was already happening. So I, you know, it was kind of like, hey, what's one more big change? Let's do that too. But the opportunity was so great. It, it was so neat to be able to, to redesign a newscast from the ground up. And over the last three years, I mean, we've, we've really broken the mold. We, we've tried to do something very different with our program. And I don't think uh, it resembles any other any of the other newscasts in this city. It, it was a, just a, a great chance to do that. And then from Vancouver, you know, I, I'm going to be here for, for a little while longer now uh, with the new with the new national. But again, you know, that same kind of work that excites me, the idea of, of rebuilding and uh, imagining where our program can go, especially in 2017 and beyond, right? Just because the way people get their news is so different. Like, I, don't, I get most of my news not from the television, but from my smartphone, right? Or from my computer. That, that's where I get most of my news. And I doubt many people are much different. Finding our place in that, in that ecosystem, I think, is an exciting challenge. But there's absolutely potential there. That's what I, and, and you know, I can speak for the other hosts in saying, 
they're excited about all of that too. You know, one of the big things that was interesting to me was when they announced the four new hosts, I was thinking to myself, okay, like, and I, I mentioned this to Ian as well, you know, we're so used to out on the East Coast seeing, or I guess all across Canada, Peter, and if Peter's not there, Wendy's there. So we were thinking like, oh, they're just going to give it to Wendy. And then when they came out mm-hmm. and said, we're going to have four new hosts, I was thinking to myself like, well, how is that going to work? And then, you know, you got someone in Vancouver, <laughs> someone in Toronto and Ottawa, and I was like, okay, I get what you're going for, and I, I do like it. I think it's going to be very interesting. In, in a sense, I, I'm kind of I'm wondering if it's going to draw in a little bit of a, a younger demographic, as you got, you know, not to give anything bad to Peter. He's been there for a while. He deserves to have a happy, healthy retirement. But, you know, these are four brand new faces that have experience. Some of us may have seen it, but the approach that I'm hearing that you're taking from it is you get the mold that we don't get our news anymore from papers. We get it online. And you're going to take more of approach of, you know, really digging into some more stories that maybe don't get as much leeway. Yeah, and and I think you know you've made a couple of comparisons now to to Peter, and you know I'm sure I won't be the first person on the team to tell you that none of us think for a moment that we're replacing Peter. Uh, you know, we we don't really see it that way at all, and all of us. I think the great thing about the team is that we all come from very different backgrounds, right? And and even different paths that we've taken, uh, journalistically speaking. Right. I mean, you look at Adrian's body of work, her experience, right? It, it's taken her all around the world. And yet she's done very little uh, hosting in the traditional sense. Right. And you look at, at you know, Ian and me, we're, I, I would say we're, we've, we've come from similar backgrounds in the sense that, you know, we've both reported across the country and we've both done a lot of hosting. And, you know, he's done obviously more network stuff. I've been working on the local front uh, for my entire career. So, you know, we're all going to tackle storytelling um, very differently. And when, you know, when you, when you raise that point again of, of people getting their news online and, and I think demanding something new from the television medium, we are so attuned <laughs> to that because we, we live that very experience every day. And so the television program is one thing, but I also, I, I wouldn't want to leave people with the impression that, the, the television program is the be-all and end-all. The national, as a brand, is so much bigger than just the TV program. And I'm thinking about the digital offering, right, that, that we'll have, whether, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the website, or whether it's through a podcast, which is something that, you know, very well maybe coming down the pipe, uh, not immediately at, at launch in November, but, you know, in, early in the new year. So I think there are going to be many, many different touch points throughout the day. And it's not just the flagship program at the end of the day, although, of course, that is a huge part of what we do. But I think it's keeping all of that in mind and having the the heft and the resources of the national behind it all and the the, the, the strength of, of storytelling and the dedication to, to news and to journalism. That's all going to be there. Our hope is just that it'll be there a lot more often and in ways that people will genuinely find accessible, you know, that they don't have to go out of their way to seek it, that it'll come to them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I like uh, that was a good response. I mean, I wasn't trying to compare you guys to, to Peter. I, I'm just saying <laughs> I, I, I know I know each one brings their own element. Now, the only thing that the only 
response that I uh, I, I kind of want to make a joke on that one is you mentioned that the national going into a podcast. I mean, oh, you're kill- you're killing guys like me out there. Unless and like, unless I'm going to throw in my resume, I'll throw in my resume. Maybe. Uh, um, hey, well, maybe we'll have you on the team. You're the you're the expert, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. That, you can that, put us through the paces. That'd be awesome. So you know, let, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, the new national. What are you looking forward to in, in the role? I think it's it's really just reimagining the way we deliver stories and the kinds of stories that we deliver. You know, from a from a personal standpoint, the thing I'm most looking forward to is actually getting out in the field, right? It's it's doing as little traditional hosting or anchoring as possible because I, you know, I think the the truly interesting work that the four of us will be able to produce will not necessarily be from inside a studio or or from inside the newsroom even. You know, you can do certain stories that way. And of course, you can invite um, prominent and important people into our space, right, in order to do interviews and that sort of thing. But gosh, I want to get out there. You know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to be bound to my desk 12 hours a day, five days a week. So that, I think that's probably what I'm what I'm most looking forward to having those opportunities to tell different kinds of stories. And, and when I say different kinds of stories, you know, one thing that We've talked a lot about just kind of internally, you know, uh, in terms of development of the program. But but what I think I can bring to the table is I don't really feel like there's enough positive stories, right? Stories about constructive change and, uh, you know, innovative solutions people have found to everyday problems, whether they're big problems or small problems. And, I, I, you know, I, I think there's a way for us to shine a broader light on those kinds of things. Because, you know, how, how many times have you spoken to people about the news <laughs> and the first reaction you get is, oh, I don't really watch. I find it's too depressing. Right? <laughs> like this is the something that we, we hear over and over and over again. There's a place for serious news. Absolutely. And unfortunately, much of what is newsworthy is a little depressing. That, that That's kind of the fact of life. I mean, if everything were just normal and status quo, then it, it's it's not really news to begin with. But but I think there's there's um, an avenue there. There's potential for a tweak to to the kinds of stories that we deliver to people. And that's particularly one avenue that I think that I, I, I'm excited to go down and that I'm going to have the, the latitude to go down moving forward. If, for example, someone comes to a story or pitches one of you a story and just say you don't like it or you don't see yourself doing it, there's another host that might just jump on board and say, yeah, that's something that I definitely want to do. You mentioned about not wanting to be strapped to your desk. I can imagine if someone says, hey, uh, Andrew, we're going out snowboarding or hiking or something with music, uh, you'll jump right on that. Yeah, yeah, or or hey, or poker. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like I, my my dream assignment would be if they sent me to the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas, uh, and if I could spend, I mean, it's a it's a it's a wild tournament. It's like a you know more than a month long, I think. But that's something that I would love to bring viewers because there are so many cool stories happening there. But uh, but no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, in addition to having all kinds of uh, a pretty diverse range of journalistic backgrounds and career paths that we've all taken to get to this point, our interests personally, right, our hobbies are as varied as anything else. So. Um, yeah, of course, you're going to get that range and, and everyone's interested in something different. It, it, I think if, if people don't see us bringing that to the table, then we will not have been doing our jobs 
properly. I, I, I think if people see the diversity, you know, behind the team, you know, obviously there's there's diversity on the surface, but but even on a deeper level, right below that surface, uh, such a huge range. And, and I think that's the other thing that we're all really excited about. And, and the more opportunities that the four of us have to work together, I think the stronger the program will be. I'm just hoping that like they wouldn't actually put you in the tournament because then you're then it's basically <laughs> yeah. our, our money's being spent there. Like uh, and uh, Andrew Chang places down a thousand. We're like at home going, uh, we hope he wins that because that's our money. <laughs> But isn't that the ultimate drama? Right? Yeah. You're all along for the ride with us. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, it, yeah, no, 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 none of us are bankrolled for that the, event. The, the, ca- the, the cameraman, the, the cameraman, sp- like shows shows your cards, and we're like looking at TV, like, oh, how's he going to play this one? Uh, so that would I, that would be great TV. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be suspenseful. That's for sure. That's that should be a yeah, new series to CBC. The Nationals yeah, go exactly. to the Nationals go to poker. The reason I brought up about the snowboarding and hiking and music is because, you know, those are some of the interests I read that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. What other interests that kind of, I guess, well, what other interests spark your interest? Um, yeah, so, well, I mean, you you mentioned a few of them. I, I, I love outdoorsy things. To, to be honest with you, I, you know, I have a lot of interests, but all of my time, funny enough, is, is family. I mean, my, my latest interest and my greatest interest is, um, you know, my two kids. I've, I've got a three-year-old and a uh, six-month-old. Between work and that, <laughs> there's pretty much zero time for myself or, to, or you know, to do anything else. So that that's kind of where the, uh, the bulk of my time goes. But it's uh, it's wonderful. Gosh, I, I don't know if you, if, you, if you have kids, but man, it's uh, I'm a relatively young father or new father, I should say. You know, my oldest is only three years old, and it's a ride. It's <laughs> it's a wild ride. It's good times, but boy, is it time consuming. We've just kind of touched on a little bit about how each one of each one of you are going to be in a, a different city. You've got, I think, Adrian and Ian will both be in Toronto. That's right. Uh, and then you have Rosemary here in Ottawa and you in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So the, the way that Rosemary told me this, and I just want you to elaborate a little bit on it, is Rosemary was saying the benefit of also having four hosts is, you know, you're all on tif- different time frames. So, like, you know, if if Rosemary's just, say, shift ends at five or six, it's still early enough for you to follow up on some of the stories and create some more content, which is something that the national, you know, I won't go as far as say didn't do in the past, but usually when you have one host, it's around like just say four o'clock is the deadline. Whatever stories are done are done. But now where you have four people in different areas, you can update those stories as they're happening. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and yeah, you. I mean, you, I think you hit it right on the head. That a big strength of me being able to broadcast from Vancouver is that we are able to do it three hours later, you know, into the evening than we would otherwise if, if we were all based in Ottawa or in Toronto. So, uh, you know, the way it'll work is the first edition of the National goes out at 9 p.m. Eastern time, which is 6 p.m. Pacific time, my time. So I'm on the air as of 6 p.m. broadcasting for that first edition along with all of the other hosts. I'm also broadcasting at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. <laughs> right through until 11 p.m. when we actually when the national goes off the air. So it's um, it amounts to five hours of broadcasting every night. Now, obviously, it's not five straight hours. It's, you know, there are four of us, fortunately, mercifully, <laughs> to, to, to split the work. But but you're right. I mean, that gives us an incredible latitude and a latitude that 
we didn't have before and that other newscasts don't have just for, you know, understandable logistical reasons. But it'll give us that latitude to be able to cover stories. And, and think of how many stories break or develop at that hour. You know, a lot of us, you know, joke about how the Trump administration down south, you know, kind of keeps everyone on their toes, keeps us all off guard. And, and boy, you've got to be ready for any movement on any of those stories so quickly. Wildfires, right? That was another great example. And, and being positioned in British Columbia, boy, um, you know, if I, I wish we had this new program in place a couple months ago during the height of wildfire season in BC, because uh, we would have, you know, fires don't wait for time zones. They don't wait for nice, pretty deadlines or, or show starts. Those fires can get much worse uh, at any time of day. So for us to, yeah, to be broadcasting here in Vancouver, for me to have the ability to, you know, to parachute into um, a hot, no, I don't mean literally parachute in, <laughs> but, but, you know, to, to, to drive out to a, to a hotspot in BC and to host the program from there, uh, you know, from the front lines where firefighters are trying to dig a, a containment line to keep a fire from getting out of control. Boy, that, that's an opportunity that would have been very difficult to capitalize on in the past. Not that it couldn't have been done and, and not that it isn't done currently, but it's tough, right? You, you've got to mobilize a small army to be able to, to do a remote show from some, a place like that, uh, you know, in, in central or northern British Columbia. So that we'll be able to do it much more quickly, uh, much more in a much more nimble way, I think is is going to show on the program. And for you know for years, for all those people who've been watching out in the Pacific time zone and thinking, gosh, you know what, why hasn't this been updated uh, over the course of the night? Well, here's our promise to you. Boy, will it ever be updated? We're we're going to be able to give people the latest uh, pretty much all evening long. The one thing that I want to mention there, though, is you were talking about you know having excitement TV. I would love to hear the national cue and then just see the parachute of Andrew Chang coming in and saying, "This is the national." That would be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm writing all these ideas down, by the way. I'll, I'll deal with uh, them to, my, to you're, my boss. You're stealing my ideas. I want, I want credit for this. This is, I want a career yeah, in this we'll, too. We'll, yeah, we'll slide your name there <laughs> in, the, in, in the back credits. Right? It's all good. Um, the, the last question I have, of course, you mentioned that you're one of. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to assume, but I'm guessing you are the youngest one of the four. <laughs> that would be correct. Uh, yes, so, like, do, correct. And, and of course, you all got your own credentials. You all have got awards. You all have got, like, you know, the people know who you are. But do they ever kind of rib at you, Andrew? Do they ever kind of give you a little bit of a tug? Because I know when they first announced it, they did this uh, four of you hosting, and uh, they made you all say the name. And, you know, Rosemary poked fun at Ian saying, like, his was the best. And then when, but do they ever rib you in, in any way because you're the youngest? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but but the problem is that they know that if they rib me for being the youngest, then I can rib them back for being the eldest. Yeah. <laughs> like it works both ways. That's true. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 no. I mean, we uh, joking aside. I mean, sure that you know there are there are jokes here and there, but uh, we get along uh, shockingly well, uh, and, and, and that's been something that I mean, we've all known each other also for for quite a long time. Um, you know, I've known Rosie 
since her uh, days reporting in the legislature in Quebec, uh, in Quebec City. Uh, You know, I've known Adrian on and off. You know, any time I would go to Toronto over the last several years, I'd always bump into her. We'd always have chats. And and she is such a warm, uh, you know, inviting person. Uh, You could know her for a day and and you'd feel like you knew her for a year or 10, you know. And, uh, And Ian, you know, I've been here in the same newsroom with him for the last three years. So, you know, we've all kind of gotten to know each other and, and, you know, many of them have known each other uh, for much longer than than that. So, uh, no, we we get along really (laughs) great. And and yes, uh, there's some joking, but uh, it it goes both ways. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Andrew Chang for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.